For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You are listening to The Kelly Green Show. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Bunch of underdogs. And you know what an underdog is? It's a hungry dog. Hungry dogs run faster. And that's this team. Here's your host, Football Kelly. Welcome back to the Kelly Green Show. I am your host, Football Kelly. This week on our Know Your Enemy segment, All Panthers on Sports Illustrated's Skylar Callahan will be joining me to speak about the Panthers and the upcoming matchup against the Eagles. There's a lot of Philly ties on this one, Skylar. Have you gotten to talk to Hassan Riddick, Robbie Anderson, even Matt Rule, DJ Moore? I mean, I could go on and on. There's several other guys about the connection between those guys and Philly. Yeah, uh, we actually – I believe we're going to get some of those guys tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, nothing has been talked about about this game um, in terms of the the kind of reunion for those guys. And uh, the Panthers have had quite a few of those so far. Obviously, that first game against the Jets, Robbie Anderson, Sam Darnold both playing there. They kind of treated it just like every other game, so I kind of expect that to be the same thing here. Um, I'm sure some of these guys will probably wish that game was in Philly because that would be kind of a, a neat moment for them. So um, we'll see what happens in the future. But I, I think that the the Panthers and Eagles are kind of heading in the same direction in the rebuild. The Panthers, I think, maybe a little bit ahead. Uh, but I, don't, I think Philadelphia is kind of on their way as well. Yeah. Is there any, like, truth to the fact that, like, Matt Rule is just bringing in all these Temple guys to uh, <laughs> to your squad? Yeah, I mean, I think the the first thing you do when you're a, a new head coach in the NFL, especially a guy that had never been a head coach in the NFL, the, the very first thing you have to do before you focus on trying to build a championship team is to to build a foundation and a culture. And I think he did it the right way. He's bringing in guys that play for him at Temple, guys that play for him at Baylor, and those guys know what Matt Rule wants. And I think that, you know, having guys like Robbie Anderson, Hassan Reddick, uh, you know, Sam Franklin, those guys, they know what to expect. They know what it takes to win. They understand his vision. And and it's starting to kind of already show, especially defensively with Phil Snow. Um, th- these guys understand what it takes. And I think it's kind of trickling out to the other guys that didn't have rule in, in Snow in college. And, and now it's starting to take its full effect. Yeah, I love seeing uh, the success that Rule is having so early on in his head coaching career really getting off to a dominant start this season for the Panthers. They were 3-0. and They had the tough opponent of the you know Cowboys last week. You guys didn't have Christian McCaffrey. You didn't have you know J.C. Horn on the team to really help you uh, boost up your offense and defense. Uh, wh- what were the biggest struggles you had in that loss, do you think? 
Well, I think offensively, it, it all starts at the offensive line. I mean, there's been a ton of question marks about that that left side of the line in particular with Cameron Irving and uh, Dennis Daly, who's kind of filled in for Pat Elfline, who's been hurt. But, you know, they, they've been beaten up on that, on that offensive line. And even the starters that aren't injured, they've not really played uh, up to their expectation. Really, it's just Taylor Moten right now, the right tackle. He's pretty much the only consistent player they have. And Sam Darnold faced a lot of pressure in that game, and they did not handle it well, especially in the second half. You know, Dan Quinn started dialing up the blitzes a lot more. And I, I, I'm not 100% sure of the number off the top of my head, but I think it was they were blitzing at about a 35 to 40% higher rate in that second half. Wow. And that's kind of a, a big difference. So we'll see what the Panthers can do against Philadelphia's defense. I think they're going to see a lot more of that, that, that pressure especially on the interior of that offensive line. But um, and then defensively, they just they couldn't stop the run. They, they didn't have much control of the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Dallas has one of the best their lines in football. But through the first th- three games of the year, nobody could run on Carolina. Nobody could pass on Carolina. So I think we're going to see that version of the Panthers defense return this week. I think, you know, no one's going to have much success against that Dallas offense. They're just too good. Right. I mean, we struggled against Cowboys mightily. You guys definitely put up a a decent fight against them. The good news for the Panthers and probably bad news that Eagles fans don't want to hear me say is the Eagles defense really doesn't blitz. Like we haven't seen them do a lot of blitzing this season so far. Um, And we also don't run the ball a lot. So the two things that worked for the Cowboys probably are something that I'm not going to anticipate the Eagles you know, utilizing to exploit uh, the weaknesses that potentially were shown on tape this last week. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that jumps out to you, especially from the Panthers' side of view, is when you look at Philadelphia, they've really truly run their offense through Jalen Hurts. He's their leading rusher. He throws the ball extremely well. And if Jalen Hurts has a bad game, it's going to make it hard for Philadelphia to even stay in a game. And I think you kind of saw that a little bit within that Dallas loss. Uh, they had a couple of weeks ago. So I think really for Philadelphia, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to establish the run, whether it's with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, you know, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. They have options. They just have to trust in those guys to make plays happen because, as Jermaine Carter uh, said this past week, Panthers linebacker said the blood's out in the water now. There is a, a formula now for offenses to attack this Carolina defense, and you're going to start to see that uh, maybe even this upcoming Sunday, you may see Philadelphia kind of go against what they've been doing and start running the football more, set the passing game up. So um, we'll see what they do on that side of the ball. Defensively, even though they haven't blitzed a lot, they do have guys that can get to the quarterback. You know, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, uh, Ryan Kerrigan. So those guys present a huge mismatch, um, especially for Carolina's offensive line, who has really, really struggled all year long. Doesn't matter who that D line has been. So I think really for Philadelphia fans, I think that's one thing you could look at and say that they could have a chance in this game is they have a chance to slow down that Carolina offense more than likely without Christian McCaffrey in a beaten up offensive line. Yeah, I definitely want to get into a couple of things that you mentioned uh, in that answer. The Eagles O-line is decimated as well. Um, I don't know if we'll have Lane Johnson as the starting right tackle this week. It's still up in the air at this current recording time, but the Panthers' defense has been a force this season. I believe that Hassan Reddick is leading the defense in sacks. Uh, what are you seeing from them 
And what should Eagles fans expect from that defensive pass rush when it comes to the fact that our O-line might struggle a little bit in an away game like this? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for this defense is they they have playmakers now. Where a year ago, it was pretty much Brian Burns, and that was it in terms of the pass rush. They went out and, and signed Hassan Reddick. Yitor Grossmatos is another year older. He's bigger, he's stronger and faster. They signed Morgan Fox in free agency. Um, so they've got guys now. It's not just Brian Burns, the Brian Burns show. And when you have a guy like Hassan Reddick, lining up opposite of Brian Burns, that, that makes it really tough for offensive lines to, to double-team Burns or double-team Reddick because you can't double-team both guys because then you right. have so many gaps up front. So it starts there, and then it trickles really back into the linebacking core. Uh, Shaq Thompson's playing with his hair on fire lately, and and, it, and the secondary with those guys has have, have really come along. So um, – I really think that the one thing about this defense is they're so positionless. They're very versatile. They can play multiple positions at every single level. And that's why Phil Snow has been really aggressive in terms of blitzing. I mean, he just – if he, if it was up to him, he'd blitz every play. So, um, I think the biggest challenge for Philadelphia is they're going to have to protect Jalen Hurts. If they do not, they're going to have a lot of trouble moving the football. I could see – this being a game where Carolina puts a ton of pressure on them, they get four or five sacks, really rattle hurts, and they're going to have to rely on that run game, which has not been there so far. Yeah, I'm definitely hoping that the Eagles can kind of correct course. Uh, I keep asking the defense or the offense rather to, you know, establish the run because, I mean, it was put so beautifully by the head coach of the Chargers. I don't know if you've seen this one, but Brandon Staley had a press conference about how important the run game is to the physicality of the game. I think that is what has been missing from this Eagles offense. Even though you have Jalen Hurts running the ball, you really need that, you know, ability to, you know, put pressure on the defense and, you know, create those those gaps in coverage so that they on the defense have to stay honest. You can't just pass the ball all game. And that's what has caused the Eagles to struggle so much this season. Uh, just haven't been able to move the ball well enough on uh, on offense. We saw them, you know, move the ball pretty well against a pretty bad Chiefs defense. So I don't put too much stock in that. We're, we're going against a really good defense this weekend in the, in the Panthers. So that is my concern. On the other side of the ball, you guys have a fantastic running game. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is obviously one of the best running backs in the league. Is he expected to play this week? I saw the reports that he was back at practice today. Yeah, it, they're, they're taking his day by day right now, and I think it was a, a major surprise to everybody there at practice today that he was in a, in a normal practice jersey, was not in a red or a green jersey, which signifies that he is – probably a little bit further along in his rehab than probably most anticipated him being. So uh, we'll see what he does tomorrow. And Friday will probably be the best telling sign as to where he's going to be at for the game. I Personally, I think the target date is for him to get back the following week when they play Minnesota. So there could be a chance, just knowing Christian McCaffrey and the competitor that he is, I, I don't count anything out. Uh, but obviously having the, the, the amount of injuries he had a year ago, he probably understands he doesn't want to rush it back and, and risk and re-injuring it or injuring something else. And with, with the other running backs they have with Chuba Hubbard, Royce Freeman, I think they feel very comfortable 
um, with that backfield, especially compared to where they were a year ago. So even if Christian can't go, they have full confidence in Chuba uh, to carry the load and, and, and put in Royce Freeman here and there, mainly for pass protection. Makes sense. Now, the big news of the day that probably prevented you from talking to any of the players or the coaches uh, is the fact that you guys traded for Stefan Gilmore from the Patriots. He can't play in this matchup against the Eagles, but I'm sure without your first round pick and J.C. Horn on the field for a bit, you're happy to hear that that move was made. What has it been like for the defense without Horn on the field? And have they struggled in any ways from what you can tell from the weeks that he was available versus uh, the time that he's been on IR? Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a big a big difference because J.C. Horn's a guy that likes to play press coverage. He likes to get up in your face and make contact the line of scrimmage. Those first five yards, you know, that we call free yards, that's the, the, the first, those three, five yards that you can have as much contact as you want. And he's he's a guy that likes to be very physical. He's very handsy doesn't like to really get off the ball too much. And that's what the Panthers didn't have a year ago. They, they really struggled. So they had to play zone coverage a very large amount of the time last year. And I think this past Sunday against Dallas, I mean, when they have so many guys that they can throw the ball to, it really kind of makes it hard, especially when you don't have J.C. Horn, who's that physical guy. They liked what they saw from Rashawn Melvin the last couple of weeks. They liked what they saw from A.J. Boye. Those are two veteran guys that have seen a, a lot of snaps. They played a ton of football, but they're still not J.C. Horn. You know, A.J. Boya, even in his best years, you know, back when he was at Jacksonville, you know, I, yeah, I, I guess you could say he was better than J.C. Horn at that time, but I think the project the projection for where J.C. Horn's going to go is probably nowhere near um, what A.J. Boya did. And I think um, when you have those guys, it, it definitely helps out to have some veteran guys behind them. Um, but yeah, it was a huge, a huge thing for Scott Fitter last week to trade for CJ Henderson from the Jaguars, then wow. to follow that up this week to go get Stephon Gilmore. The, the, I mean, this cornerback room is they're set, they're locked and loaded for, for years to come. Uh, they got to some older guys, they got some younger guys. It's really a, a perfect blend. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of defense of coverage they're going to go into against Philadelphia and, and whether or not they're going to try and make Jalen Hurts throw the ball into, into double coverage or not. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a game I think where you're, you're really going to see them kind of trust Dante Jackson and trust A.J. Boye to kind of go in those one-on-one matchups, and that allows them to blitz more guys off the edge and whatnot. Yeah, and you mentioned Henderson was traded to the Panthers. Uh, I guess it was last week, so you're kind of doubling up on uh, the depth at that position. Uh, now getting Gilmore in the building. Uh, was Henderson playing at all during uh, any of the games since he's become a, pan- a Panther? Yeah, so the, like you said, they traded for him last week, and uh, they, they were trying to get him caught up to speed as best as possible. Uh, they didn't even really know going into that game against Dallas if he was going to play or not. He played a little bit. He did give up a touchdown to Amari Cooper, but it was really good coverage. It was just a deep ball that Dak Prescott just put on the money. So you really can't blame him for that. And they, they only had him in for a few different packages. They, they, they made sure that when he was on the field, he was playing on the side of their sideline so that they could coach him up, tell him what he was supposed to do if he had questions. I think you're going to start to see that kind of change a little bit. He's not going to play on just that side of the field anymore. Now that he's been here about a week, a week and a half, they're going to give him a little bit more lead away. They're going to put him on opposite guy or different guys. They may line him up on Jalen Rager. 
or Devontae Smith or Greg Ward. So they're not really going to stick him to one certain side of the field anymore. And I think what you will see is him maybe play some nickel, especially with A.J. Boye and Dante Jackson being there. C.J. Henderson's a guy that they could kind of move around a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know on the other side of the uh, field, you have a new quarterback in town who was also traded to the Panthers. A lot of moves on that roster over the offseason. Correct me if I'm wrong on this because I saw it on the Internet and I don't know how reliable it is because I don't track what the Panthers are doing too closely. But I saw somewhere that Sam Darnold currently leads the league in rushing touchdowns. Is that true? Yes, it is. As hard as that is to believe, yes, he actually does. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and and he's actually the first uh, quarterback in NFL history. This was another step that just kind of blew my mind to have five rushing touchdowns in the first four games of the season. And and that's, you know, you're thinking Michael Vick, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson. Those guys never did that. That's awesome. (laughs) That is hilarious. Uh, I know that he has a lot of weapons on that offense that he's throwing to, obviously, uh, McCaffrey in the backfield. Uh, just that extra element of him being a runner. Like, what are you seeing from him so far as he is, you know, taking on this new offense and this, you know, new franchise and trying to rectify the fact that he spent so much of his rookie experience with the Jets? Well, I think really it's just it, – you can just see the confidence is at a whole nother level with Sam. I mean, when you have a team that actually cares about you and the development of you – and surrounds you with the talent that he has here in Carolina, it's a total difference maker. It makes you feel better about yourself and more confident about your game. I mean, when you look at the the teams that he had in New York, I mean, my gosh, he didn't have any protection. He had arguably one of the worst coaches in NFL history uh, to develop him and really didn't have any running backs, any receivers. I mean, let's be honest, his his main running back in in, in his time in New York was Frank Gore. He, right. He's 40 years old. So, <laughs> I mean, when you got Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, I mean, just the plethora of weapons that he has is a completely different thing. And it, like I said, it, it shows in his confidence. I think he's really picked up the offense really well. Joe Brady's done a really good job teaching him every single day. You know, we, we show up to practice. The very first thing you see is Sam Darnold. And, the, and then the last thing you see is Sam Darnold leaving the field. He and Joe Brady are, are working hand in hand to get this offense as to as, as efficient as they can get it. And I think you're only going to continue to see him being better and better. I knew he threw two picks against the Cowboys, but what I saw in that game was Sam Darnold's a gamer. It doesn't matter if you're down 36 to 14 or not, he, he's going to bring you back in the game. And I think that's a positive sign that Panthers fans can, can look at. Definitely. And uh, Sam Darnold and the Panthers offense has been able to average around, you know, mid to upper 20 points per game. That's great to see from him kind of getting the chemistry down because as we've seen with the Eagles, new coaching staff and, you know, young quarterback, you're going to end up with some chemistry issues. You're going to struggle with, you know, red zone, things like that. I don't, I don't think that the Panthers struggled in the red zone that much this season. No, they, they really haven't. And that's one area where, you know, a year ago was a big, big problem for them. They, they could not, for whatever reason, punch the ball in the end zone. It was a, a weekly thing in the press conferences with Joe Brady and Matt Rule. 
And I think a lot of that just has to do with the upgraded quarterback. You know, I think Teddy Bridgewater was an okay quarterback, but when you have a guy like Sam Darnold that has really good accuracy, has a strong arm, reads defenses extremely well, it just – it really opens up your playbook. And then obviously having Christian McCaffrey, you know, around and healthy, that that helps too. So they, they've done a really good job. And I think also Joe Brady just being there for a second year, he has a better feel for the offense and and just kind of knows what to do in certain situations. The first week against New York, they they did struggle in the red zone. They I think they had the ball inside the five like two or three times. And I know one time they turned it over on downs. They, Christian McCaffrey fumbled it on one. Uh, third or fourth down play. But outside of that, they have been really, really impressive down there in the red zone. Well, I'm hoping that the Eagles can start to do that for us uh, because last week was brutal. Um, Just constantly seeing the Chiefs put up points and we're just, you know, kicking field goals and uh, not executing well. Um, Really unfortunate for a team that I want to see succeed, of course. So, um, you know, Good to see the Panthers getting on on the right track. Definitely under a guy that I, you know, I'm definitely rooting for in Matt Rule. The Eagles and Panthers have played a handful of times in recent history. Uh, anything as far as those particular matchups in recent years that give you a good indication of what you're anticipating from this particular matchup? Well, I think it's really unique because. Both teams, they've changed drastically over the last couple of years, especially since they've last played. And when you look at it, I mean, there's not much that's been the same. I mean, I think Philadelphia's probably got more guys that have been around longer than than Carolina has. But, I mean, you look at it from top to bottom. I mean, the coaching staffs are different. The quarterbacks are different. The receivers are different. So I I don't really think you can take too much from, from years past games uh, just because there's so much new for both teams on both sides of the ball. So it's it's kind of going to be a, a whole new different feel, I think, between these two teams and when they line up on Sunday. A different beast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Trying to grasp, like, what the Eagles are up against is always kind of my point of having this, you know, podcast segment where I, I talk to somebody who's really well-informed about the opponent because you get a sense of what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, you know, what injuries they're monitoring for the week. So kind of run down, like, what are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? What are the injuries you're keeping tabs on? Obviously, McCaffrey's one that you mentioned, and Horn's not in uh, for the foreseeable future. But what are the things that you are looking at as we get ready for this particular week? Yeah, so obviously the offensive line, like I said, has been a big issue for Carolina, and it's probably not something they're going to be able to fix until the offseason. So that that's the biggest weakness offensively. Defensively, it's it's really hard to find a weakness. I mean, even when they gave up 245 rushing yards to Dallas and and 36 points. I mean, like I said, very very few defenses are going to have much success against them. So when you look at the other three games, I mean, they did face Alvin Kamara and the Saints, and they shut them down completely. I think Kamara had five total yards. So. It's wow. really hard to, to kind of to point out a weakness on the defense, um, especially when they're getting to the quarterback, they're forcing turnovers or stopping the run game. I don't know that there is a weakness on the defense. Um, and then offensively, I think the strength is probably just, you know, Sam Donald right now. I think he and, and DJ Moore have such a strong connection that I know people are wanting to get Robbie Anderson more involved in the game, but when you when you got a hot hand like DJ Moore, it's kind of hard to get away from that. So 
I expect that to continue, but I do expect Robbie Anderson to get some more looks throughout the next few weeks. Um, and then on the injury front, like I said, with uh, Chris McCaffrey is probably not going to go this week, but I, I would still label him as questionable just because you never know with him. Uh, it looks like Shaq Thompson is definitely going to be out for this game, the linebacker dealing with a foot injury. And then uh, left, tack- left tackle Cameron Irving is dealing with a neck injury right now. Don't know whether he's going to be available for the game or not right now. I would say he's probably going to play. He was a full participant today at practice. If he doesn't go, I would expect either Trent Scott or Brady Christensen, uh, the, the rookie right tackle, to swing over to the left side and play. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I th- that's pretty much about the, the extent of the Panthers' injury front. Definitely appreciate you giving the rundown as far as uh, everything that's been going on with them. Uh, you mentioned the uh, Panthers' defense and how stout they are. Definitely envious of them. The Eagles have actually given up 83 points over the last two weeks which is horrendous. Um, They need to correct things and try to contain Darnold and that offense. You're you're talking about the O-line and everything of that nature. How does he, how does this defense shut down that offense when it comes to, you know, the secondary, like that's our biggest problem, our secondary, our linebackers. How do we possibly shut down what you guys are executing in Brady's offense? Well, like, I, th- I really think the biggest thing for, for Philly is they've got to really confuse Sam Darnold because, as you said, their defensive backs have struggled. And even though they, they have not blitzed a ton, I think that's what's going to have to happen because we know Carolina's offensive line has not been very good. They have really struggled in one-on-one matchups. They they have to double-team a, a lot and I think when some of those guys in the middle, like Javon Hargrave or Fletcher Cox, have to eat up double teams, it's going to free guys up on the outside to make plays. So they're going to confuse Sam Darnold. They're going to try and, and bring some exotic blitzes, um, whether it be from the secondary or from the linebacking unit. So that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to really limit Sam Darnold in the passing game. And whether that's you know the sky zone coverages, whatever it has to be, they have to really – slow down the passing game because if if that happens I don't know that you can put all of your faith in Chuba Hubbard I mean I, I get he's an exciting young rookie but rookie running backs they're they're not you know they're very there's very few that just come in and have an elite type of impact like a Christian McCaffrey did when he first entered the league so I think if you can slow down the passing game they're gonna have a chance Skylar, I am going to cut your audio of that answer and send it to Jonathan Gannon and pray (laughs) he listens to it because our defense definitely needs to keep our offense in the games. Uh, The last two weeks have been tough for us. Definitely hoping that the Eagles can go down to Carolina and keep it competitive, see some growth growth, uh, that we've been seeing from Jalen Hurts and from Devontae Smith and the younger players on this roster Definitely hoping that the Eagles can try to pull out a win. I'm not super expecting it to be a win. I'm just hopeful that they can keep it competitive. And it's been ridiculous the last few weeks. Any uh, words of encouragement that you could possibly lend to uh, Eagles fans during this time? Unfortunately not. I think this is a a week for Carolina where they're playing ticked off because they did not play very well against Dallas. They get to come back home in front of their home crowd, and they, they're playing a team, as we've said, that has not had much of us running the football. 
And I think you're just going to see this team respond really, really well because the, the energy of practice has, was there today. I'm sure it's going to be there throughout the rest of the week. And even though I think Philadelphia is, is a team that could sneak up and catch people by surprise, I just think the timing of this game is not going to bode well for, for the Eagles. And if I, if I can go to a prediction, I, I'm going to say Carolina wins this game 31-13. They, wow. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think Philadelphia keeps it close in the first half. Okay. But I do think that the, the depth is really going to wear on them in the second half, and they're just really going to kind of take advantage of that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you guys trade it for two cornerbacks, I think um, – Dan Orlovsky from ESPN said today that that is a sign that you guys really feel like this team can win now and can, you know, be in, in the playoffs, definitely a contender for the Super Bowl. How do you feel about that comment? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely able to win now. I don't know if they're quite good enough to get to the Super Bowl just yet. Uh, They're going to have to get over the hurdles of Tampa Bay, Green Bay and, and LA. Um, but you, you just never know. I mean, you, the one thing I said a couple of weeks ago is when you have a young team that has success, that's maybe the most dangerous thing that can happen because typically when you have a, a young team that struggles, they, they, they can't handle adversity very well, those teams tend typically tend to fold. We've seen those teams before. We're seeing it right now in Jacksonville. But when you look at Carolina, they're a team that has had success. They've had adversity. They've overcame adversity, and they believe in themselves. So I think that's the most dangerous formula that you can have, and I think they're only going to continue to get better and better. They have a very favorable schedule throughout the next five to six weeks, and if they can get to that four, those final four season, they've got to play Tampa Bay twice, New Orleans, and Buffalo. It's a hell of a stretch at the end of the season. So they need to get to that stretch in a very good spot to make the playoffs, and I think they will. So I don't know if I'm quite ready to call them a Super Bowl contender just yet, but I think that could change in the next few weeks. Yeah, it makes sense to have a guy like Gilmore come in before you have to face Brady. Uh, He practiced against him a lot, played against him uh, with the Bills for so many years. So having a guy like him come in and also be that kind of, you know, mentor for these young guys like Horn and for – uh, you know, Henderson now and Jackson, that's a huge advantage for you guys going into that very tough stretch. So wish you all the best. I really appreciate your insight and perspective on this matchup coming up against the Eagles. Where can Eagles fans go to follow you on Twitter? Yes, you can follow uh, my personal page at Callahan underscore at C-A-L-L-I-H-A-N underscore. And you can follow the Panther site at S-I underscore Panthers. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on today, Skylar. Listeners, please go check out the work that Skylar is doing covering not only the Panthers, but if you're a West Virginia fan, please go check out the work that he's doing over there for Sports Illustrated. And don't forget to subscribe to the Eagles Unfiltered podcast for future episodes of the Kelly Green Show. And fly, Eagles, fly. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.